What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the third episode of Batman News Weekly. Now, this this one's going to be kind of interesting because this news has came out of nowhere, it seems like. And uh, it's it's I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're going to the main topic of this episode. We're going to be talking about a possible black Batman that is going to be coming to the comic books. And on this episode, I'm bringing back Clay. He was on the first episode. You've heard him on Comic Book Legion podcast. Uh, and if you heard the first episode, you heard him on there. But uh, Clay's going to be joining with us. Before we jump into this huge topic, because we have so much to talk about this, we're going to get some other news out of the way with Suicide Squad casting Peter Capaldi in a... Is it a minor role? Do you know? Um. Well, I don't think they've really said anything, because I, I actually haven't sat down to have enough time today to really look at any articles. Um, they The only headlines that I've seen is... Uh, Capaldi cast in Gunn's Suicide Squad. So it, usually, if it is a major role, it'll say cast in a major role in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. But all I've seen is casted in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yeah, so there's not really much. I mean, we don't really, we don't even know the full cast yet for Suicide Squad, which is really crazy. I mentioned this in last week's podcast that there have been a bunch of different, like just Nathan Fillion, uh, is it Takai... I always say his name Wahidi. I always say his first name completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, and uh, somebody else that was really like of notice that's going to just have a minor role too. But yeah, it just seems like Suicide Squad is gearing up. I believe it starts filming this week or next week in Atlanta, I think is where they're filming. or And I think they're going to have some overseas uh, locations as well. But it seems pretty interesting and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Capaldi is, of course, and nobody knows who Peter Capaldi is. He was the 13th Doctor, technically. Technically thir- right. technically 13th. <laughs> but yeah. if you want to get into – that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we both like Doctor Who cons- on this show. Considering, so. you know, that when they were doing the 50th anniversary, um, the War Doctor – uh, was actually supposed to be played by Chris Eccleston, but he didn't want to come back, so they chose uh, John John Hart. John Hart. So, yeah. but because R. I. P. R. I. yeah, but because they put Hart into that, uh, they pretty much made it to where Hart was going to uh, turn into Eccleston's character at the very end of that episode. So technically, you can say he's the thirteenth. A lot of him know him as the twelfth. Though, uh, and I'm actually looking at the deadline article here. It says no details were given about the role for Capaldi, uh, but the other big news that was attached to Capaldi was the possibility of seeing Pete Davidson in the movie as well. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. So okay, I know that name, but it's drawing. Okay. Oh, Pete Davidson's a comedian, right? He's the guy from SNL. Yeah. The the Ariana Grande. Yep former fiance yep okay yeah 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 that's weird i mean the, the cast they're getting i mean we do know james gunn likes comedy so i and I, suicide squad i i am going into this thinking that there's gonna be a good amount of comedy in suicide squad but james gunn also knows how to bring a really good story so i'm i'm okay with it and also the the, the villains and everything we even saw in suicide squad one they tried to be funny at points yeah i wouldn't be surprised if harley's really gonna if you've ever seen if you've ever seen james gunn outside of the marvel cinematic universe whether that be slither or any of his more raunchier stuff 
Super. Super is amazing. I I see uh, Suicide Squad being like a Super or a Slither because it was very, like, action-packed with, like, on-the-money type comedy in there. So I feel like that's what Gunn's going to bring to Suicide Squad. And so nobody has to worry about, oh, my God, he's going to turn the Suicide Squad into the Guardians of the Galaxy, blah, 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 blah. Like, you... People need to chill out with that stuff. He he's a good director. He knows how to write these characters, so I I have full confidence in him. And bringing one of my favorite doctors, who for the longest time, was amazing. I I jumped on the bandwagon with uh, Matt Smith. I slowly turned into a David Tennant fan, and then after I saw Capaldi, he turned into my favorite doctor. So I am really excited to see Capaldi in this film, whether it be a small cameo. Whether it be a big role or whatever, I'm glad to I get to see more of Capaldi. So yeah, no, I'm really excited for it. I mean, I've I've always been telling people about James Gunn and like just get out of the Marvel universe and see his stuff. Super is always my biggest example. It's like if you want to see a crazy film that you like, if you watch the trailer of Super, you think it's just gonna be a comedy. Like it's just gonna be just this funny weird comedy of a guy trying to be a superhero. That movie gets so dark, like so dark and you're just like wow i wasn't i feel like some people would get mad in the theater thinking like oh i was here to watch a comedy and like no that thing gets so dark you know i so always I'm like for the look at other i was gonna say for the longest time because i've never i've never seen super and i've told you this but i always oh, okay i always thought when i saw super i was like oh it's another kick-ass like that's what i thought yeah. to be completely yeah. honest but no it gets way darker than kick-ass yeah it's just you when you have the opportunity, man, just watch it because it's it's weird, you know. Like it's it feels like one of those indie movies. It does feel much like Kick Ass, but Kick Ass was still very much like a you know hyper violent comic like a uh, comic book movie. Whereas Super has this like weird unique story that you really feel for the character in this, and I'm talking about you really feel for him. And there's this one scene at the end when let's just say he kind of like defeats the bad guy. But, man, it was so heavy that I was just like, dude, like, this dude James Gunn knows what he's doing. And so I've always been a big fan of James Gunn since I've seen Super. So, yeah, I'm excited that he's cast all these people. I'm excited to see what he's going to do with Suicide Squad. Peter Picaldi is also one of my favorite doctors. I'm always going to be a Tenet guy, but also I really love Matt Smith just because I watched, I've seen the most Matt Smith episodes in Doctor Who because of Karen Gillan. Absolutely love her. So, um, which James Gunn has totally worked with before. But yeah, so I'm excited about the Suicide Squad, and I'm really hoping he gives me a Harley with a Harley-esque costume and not these other random versions that have been out there. Uh, and then, oh, but speaking of Harley, I would, would, I would have loved to talk about freaking Birds of Prey on this podcast, but one, I'm recording this before we go see it, and two, oh, they're not releasing that trailer. <laughs> Clay just saw it one recently, and he's not a fan of clowns. But uh, and they're not releasing this trailer apparently online. So I'm not gonna be able to react to it on my react channel. I'm gonna have to just kind of be like, hey, this is what I thought when I saw it. So uh, that kind of sucks. But hopefully next week I'll be able to go a little in, in depth about the Birds of Prey. Um, but the last thing I want to touch on before we get into our big topic of this week is Robert Pattinson has finally talked about the Batman in an interview with Variety. Now, Clay sent me a video that uh, he had in this. It was like a five-minute video where he talked about Lighthouse. He talked about Batman. He even talked about Tenet in this video with Variety. But, of course, everybody on the Internet just cares about what he says about Batman. And in this video, he 
doesn't really say much. I think they ask him like, "Where were you when you got the when you got the news?" Right? Like, yeah, they ask him like, "Where where was he?" That was the last question that was on the video that I sent you. Uh, mine was a Twitter video, so it was maybe a minute and fifteen seconds or whatever. So it was only a small part of a bigger interview. Um, but he pretty much explained how really interesting Matt Reeves's Batman is going to be and that he even says that he was a fan of Batman uh in the comics before this film you know came up to him and that uh Reeves is bringing something completely new that has not been explored in the DC EU or just Batman films in general which makes me really believe that we're finally getting a, and no pun intended for the TV show, a true detective Batman on screen. And I think that's going to be amazing. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be really awesome. And it totally helps that, you know, Pattinson's playing a detective in the Christopher Nolan movie that he's currently filming right now. So he's going to be able to kind of take some of that. So since you didn't read the actual article, I have a little bit more information. So one thing is, uh, I guess the comic book phrasing is a little bit different. So I don't, necessarily think he was somebody that read comic books when he was younger but he specifically mentions tim burton's batman yeah and that he only he really connected with batman because well he didn't have powers and stuff so that's how he always felt like he enjoyed batman he connected with him so that was the only hero he really had you know any liking to and then uh he also talked about how what i found was interesting and we were talking about this earlier was that when he when the news broke that Robert Pattinson might be Batman and he was he was promoting that uh what is the movie called The Lighthouse is that his next film right that weird one with William Defoe Yes I think that's what it's called mm-hmm. So he was promoting The Lighthouse at Cannes I think was the film festival and people were like oh you know you, you know you have uh you're going to be the next Batman and he he said this one line he was like oh I'm here to promote The Lighthouse so I'm only taking questions about The Lighthouse uh, everybody thought like oh my god he's the next Batman he's going to have that apparently in this article he hadn't even auditioned yet he was actually reading his lines in his hotel room before this festival when the news broke so he was like freaking out because he thought his team like him and his team were like freaking out that you know WB might not get might not want him anymore because this news broke and they're super secretive about who's going to be the next Batman. And it was just really interesting to hear that he's been trying to apparently get Batman for a really long time. Like, that, you actually go back and read the article. That it's is nuts. interesting because I've heard some other people make that comment uh, since reading this. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw people on some other Slack chats that I'm on, not just mine on Comic Book Legion. But they were saying that he was actually pursuing the role kind of heavily. And for the actor that he has been, considering his his indie work, majority, not necessarily his more, uh, what would you say, uh, uh, mainstream stuff, but considering his, his indie work, I really wouldn't expect a guy like him to be like, hey, I want to get a role like Batman. Yeah, and that was interesting in the article. He said that, uh, one, one, he made like a little joke that he has like no power anymore. Like He's like, I just want to get some free stuff, and he can't even get free stuff. Because he says he can, like, walk into a cinema and just watch. Like, he tried to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but he couldn't even get a ticket. Because apparently tickets are hard to get in London. I don't really know. But he was just saying that. I and am literally looking at that. I'm looking at that part of the article yeah. right now. Yeah. So he said he had, like, no connection. He's like, I just want to get some connections. But anyways, back to the Batman topic of the article. Apparently, he was at, he was trying to talk to Matt Reeves. Like, he was contacting him when he found out that he was going to be the next Batman, like, director. He was like, hey, you know, if we can meet up, I'd appreciate that, blah, blah, blah. So he was actually talking to Reeves, and Reeves finally relented once he finished 
the actual Batman script. And apparently, you know, Pattinson went over there with all like a notebook of ideas and stuff to talk to him. And so wow. it's really I'm yeah, I'm really excited more about Pattinson becoming Batman because he seems like he really wants it. And I think the people that really want something are the ones that you want to be in the roles because they've given it some thought, you know what I mean? And uh, the article also goes on to say stuff like, you know, uh, trying on the bat suit for the first time. He said it was really snug and that he had to, you know, you have people help you get into the suits, which I think that's every actor says that about getting into their superhero costumes. And uh, and it's just not the women because I know the women say they have crazy routines to get into theirs as well. Yeah, And, and but, the uh, bat yeah, suit he's... that he's talking about is I'm assuming the test one that they use for everybody who yeah. does the the what do they call it the uh audition yeah the test screen, the test screen. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's what he was talking about and it's an older like it's not bales it's like keaton's or uh val kilmer's bat yeah because there was footage really there's crazy. i don't know if there's actual like video but i've seen pictures of christian bale wearing keaton's for his yeah, audition yeah that that does exist out there it's kind of weird but it exists but uh yeah so that happened and then he says he found out he got batman on the first day of filming Tenet. So he said he was able to actually talk to Christopher Nolan about like, hey, what can I do with the suit? Like, is there better movement? Which was kind of a dumb question to ask Nolan because you're not going to have the same suit. Like, it's going to be a new suit. You don't know if you're going to have the plated one like Christian Bale did because Affleck had a totally different suit. Oh, yeah. It didn't seem like it was very... Well, apparently they spent like a crap load of money to make it work to where it's one solid piece but you can bend your neck. Apparently a lot of research went into that. But anyways, so Robert Pattinson uh, has finally talked about the Batman. I was talking about this on my live stream. I thought the first time we were going to hear about the Batman was going to be on like a late night show with like Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel or something. But uh, I'm glad Variety actually did an interview with him because we got to know a lot more. And I'm just excited for this to start filming. I mean, uh, because, I don't know, I, I want more Batman news, obviously, huge Batman fan. But I'm excited to see what he's going to do, man. Especially somebody that went from the big spotlight of being a heartthrob that everybody wanted, and then just being like, screw all that, I'm going to go work on these weird character films. And now he's going to be one of the greatest characters of all time. It has me super excited. Yeah, I, I am very interested to see what he brings to the table. Because, I mean... A lot of people gave crap to Michael Keaton. If people don't know, Michael Keaton back in the day was a comedy type uh, actor. His biggest film before Batman was Mr. Mom. I don't know if you've ever seen Mr. Mom. That is a hilarious. I randomly grabbed it. Like, I think it was like a $2 to $5 film at like a Walmart. I saw it was Keaton and I had heard about it before. I've watched it. It is actually hilarious. I really enjoyed it. But to see him as that after seeing Batman, I'm like, huh, this guy has some range. But I can only imagine what it was like when we were first learning that Michael Keaton was getting the role. It's the same stuff that happened with, you know, Pattinson. We saw a lot of people make the Twilight jokes and then, you know, uh, people... I, I will be surprised. There was a lot more support for Pattinson than I initially thought. There was a big backlash for Affleck. Um, I don't remember too much. I was in that group. I don't remember too much on on Bale's casting because I don't think I was really in the realm of following this kind of stuff back then. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even watch Batman Begins in theaters. Like so, which is crazy to think about yeah. because of how big of a Batman fan you are. But uh, yeah, it was weird, man. Yeah. 
You were not a fan. Of, you were not on the bandwagon for Affleck being Batman? No, man. I was actually one of those people who was like, dude, I was going to be Batman. I was that guy. <laughs> so, uh, But he made me eat my words. He made me eat my words, and it, I did put out a video when um, Pattinson, you know, dropped his, like, his news came out. I was like, I don't know about this, guys, but in that same video, I also said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because Affleck proved me wrong. Every, I mean, Heath Ledger proved everybody wrong. Everybody forgets about that one. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Keaton did the same thing. I mean, I, I forgot who it was, but Keaton talked about his whole little thing of everybody screaming. I think he was talking to, like, Letterman or something, and they, they had back then this is how old this is peeps is the if you wanted to make a mean comment you had to put it in the newspaper yeah so they had newspaper clippings of like mr mom's gonna be batman like that was the old school stuff so it seems like the best weirdest people like the most out of left field casting choices are always the best so i'm really excited about this yeah and we've learned throughout tv and movies that you know, with the comment with uh, Keaton, I've learned that a lot of comedic actors actually have a pretty wide range when it comes to drama. So uh, we've seen a little bit of that recently. I know you didn't keep up with it, but John Cryer on Supergirl, I always saw him oh, yeah. as the guy from Two and a Half Men. But he actually turned out to be a really cool Lex Luthor. With Pattinson, I always saw him as the Twilight guy. And then, you know, a lot of people showed me you know, the movies that I never knew existed that good he times. that he's been a part of and they look like really good films. So and it's, uh, most of those I still need to watch before he actually dons the bat suit. But I'm really, really excited for it. Yeah. The next one I'll be watching is uh, the Netflix one whenever that comes out, because he's apparently the antagonist in that. So I was going to talk to you about that. It came out today that it was shown at a film festival. It did get mixed reviews. That doesn't say anything about Robert Pattinson's actual portrayal of his character. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies like that because I was watching one of his very artsy films, which was about um, uh, that painter, uh, Salvador Dali. He's like playing a Dali. And it's really out there. <laughs> and I couldn't really get a range on because, like, I don't know that much about Adali. I just know, I mean, he just had amazing paintings. But the the character's just so out there, and he's, like, doing this weird accent. I was like, yeah, I, I can't finish this film because I just, I'm not into it. And it was just kind of very different for me. But I did see Good Time, which I believe is the title of that movie. And he did really well in that because he's playing, like, this New Yorker. And they just get into this weird, just, you know, crazy mess up over and over and over. So that was a good film. So I'll probably watch him in that. And I want to go see Lighthouse. But apparently it's the concept of Lighthouse is just really weird. Uh, apparently there's like mermaids and he's like trying to fuck a mermaid or something in this movie. And it's just like, I'm like, what? So <laughs> I don't know. But it has William Dafoe and William Dafoe is a badass. So there might be some really good like just character acting in this that I'm interested to go check it out. The one thing that drew me into it was the fact that it has just the, the aesthetic of it. It, you know, the, the sepia color, the black and white, that's what drew me into it more than anything. But, you know, after hearing a little bit of the soundtrack on that trailer and just seeing how wild William Dafoe and Pattinson are together on, you know, on the screen together, I am, I'm not really like, hey, this needs to be a first week viewing for me. Uh, but if I find time to go see it, I probably will go see it in theaters. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I said that with, uh, I just did a Terminator uh, Dark Fate reaction. I was like, if I'm bored, I'll go watch it. And I was like, but, you know, it's not a day one kind of thing. But yeah, so uh, we're both excited about that. But we're going to go ahead and move on 
to the biggest topic because we've been talking about movie stuff for a good amount of time oh, now. Oh, man. But, yeah, so me and Clay have had outside of discussions of the podcast about this because there's just so many puzzle pieces happening here with the main thing. So let me just go ahead and give you the main, just where we're getting this information from right now. And this is coming from bleedingcool.com, which I will preface this right now. They don't have the greatest track record for stuff, but they do have a track record of getting some things right. The most recent one specifically is the Tom King one. When Tom, when the news broke that Tom King is going to be leaving the Batman run, and that he is going to, I don't know. They In their article, it made it seem like he was being replaced at the end of the year. They didn't have the Batcat news, though, which was made me feel a lot better that he actually was leaving that because he's writing a movie, he's writing a show, and he's doing all this other stuff, and he's going to still finish his story just in a different book. And um, speaking of the whole Tom King stuff, which is where we're, get, we're thinking this whole thing is coming about, is that Tom King has said... The reason why he has to leave Batman is because everything was going to have to go to 12. It was going to have to go to like monthly, right? Yeah. Because in 2021, DC has this big event or big just something happening with Batman on issue 100. So uh, that would have happened with Tom King, but it's going to happen too fast if it stays bi-weekly. So they have to move it to monthly because they're just not ready for this. And I believe that's where this comes in because Bleeding Cool is reporting that DC is about to give us our first black Batman. Or they just say black Batman, because technically it's not the first one. Let me preface this also. They make it sound like it's coming out really, really soon. But like we said recently, ever since 2016, up until now, Batman has been coming out every two weeks. So it says here that there is hot gossip out in the comic book shows this weekend that the summer of 2020 leading into 2021, DC Comics is planning to bring us a Black Batman. So it is going to take a while. It's going to be maybe a year, year and a half from now before we even get the official announcement. But like I said uh, to uh, Juice, like what was it, two days ago or last night when we were talking about it, was if this news is true and it makes enough noise, I can see DC pushing the news a little bit earlier, but not officially like showing any kind of concept art or anything, just saying, hey, it's true. And so people will, you know, really build the hype for it and then come uh, Comic-Con next year, that's when they make the announcement. One thing that my my worst fear out of all of this is the people who don't like it, and, and I've talked to you this to the yeah, I talked to you about this was people who not aren't necessarily for this are going to be seen in a negative light whether it's being you know quote unquote racist or you know whatever for both me and Juice we are both uh, people of color we're both Hispanics Latino whatever Latinx uh, is the proper term you know we see this as an okay move. But just with what Bleeding Cool is suggesting and what we think it might be, it just doesn't feel right. For me personally, we've been making the comments about who the next Batman writer is going to be. We, For me, I am pretty sure, I am like 95% sure of myself that my guess is going to be correct with Brian Michael Bendis being this next writer. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation. Yeah, I would agree at this point. I had this conversation with my wife right before we started recording because I told her what we were going to be talking about. Ever since Brian Michael Bendis created Miles Morales and how big that has been and how 
Marvel loved him and how, you know, pretty much made this big wave into the comics. He has tried to make a Miles Morales character in almost every title that he's written. Whether that be a person of color or a teenager or just somebody new, he wants to make that type of character so that way he can make his own staple in whatever title he writes. So, when there was news of DC possibly getting a black Batman, my brain said, oh, Bendis is definitely going to be the next Batman writer because this is what he always does. Not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying he keeps doing... The, he, he had one recipe and it ended up really good and he's just keep using that one recipe every single time. And it gets boring. It gets... You know, it's, it's not something that I really am a fan of because I want something new. And if it comes from Bendis, unfortunately, it's not new. I'll go ahead and jump in here. Yeah, like like Clay said, we're both for this. We're not one of those people that are like, oh, Black Batman's going to always be white, you know. Uh, I will be somebody that actually says, like, I don't mind it. Like, if Batman were to stay white forever, I wouldn't care. Because, I mean, just because of the background, I mean, we could talk about this forever. But with this move, this is my biggest thing. And this is the first thing I told Clay. Is once yeah, once I saw this article, I was like, what? And the, the fear of it being Brian Michael Bendis was kind of just like, it was right in my face. I was like, yeah, that's totally going to happen. Uh, for those of you that don't know, and one, I want to make this clear. Shout out to Brian Michael Bendis for caring about diversity. He's a white guy that gives a shit about diversity. And I fucking love that because we need that. We need white people to care about diversity. For sure, like, you for know? sure. So, and I want to shout out that. And I believe he has a mixed family. So, mm -hmm. you know, he wants to show his kids that like, hey, you know, we need these characters in these things. So I'm all for that. I love it. I think it's awesome. And he did Miles Morales. Miles Morales is an amazing character. And I want to see him on the big screen one day. A little part of me feels like... With that backlash that we had a few months ago about a possible black Batman when they were announcing like Ben Affleck's replacement, I want to say this is when that idea was born. That if it is Brian Michael Bendis, he was probably like, I could write a black Batman and he could be on the screen because I just had Spider-Verse. I could definitely see the birth of that idea happening. Um, if nobody knew about this, uh, one of the biggest things that happened in WB... Um, I don't know all of the details, but uh, Michael B. Jordan is probably one of the biggest persons of uh, people of color uh, to work with WB as far as like uh, up and coming stars. Um, they recently had some sort of ceremony, convention, whatever you want to call it, conference where uh, Michael B. Jordan basically was pushing WB to hire more people of color in their movies. And so at that point, everybody's like, oh, Michael B. Jordan needs to be a black Superman, which, with if people don't know, there is a black Superman. He's on Earth, too, um, and he's an awesome character. I absolutely love that character. Um, brought some really cool dynamics to that Earth. Um, one of my favorite Earths also because Batman is Dick Grayson. But, uh, you know, I because then the next thing was, oh, does Batman need to be black? And that conversation happened. For a couple yeah, weeks. Uh, so I could definitely see Bendis kind of riding that train all the way to this point and saying, hey, this is what needs to happen in the comics. Yeah, and again, I don't have a problem with this, but my thing is, and this is, I was talking, again, me and Clay talk a lot about comics outside of this podcast. 
But my thing is, and especially being a person of color, we don't get to see ourselves in a lot of things. And I know a lot of people that are not for changing of races in comics or in the movies are like, why do you just create a new freaking diverse character? Why do you got to change? It's because a lot of people won't even give those books a chance. And Marvel tried that and it didn't work. They changed everybody and Ma- it didn't work. Marvel and DC. Now, we will say, and we've admitted to this, we are, you know, DC fanboys. But DC recently did a uh, New Age of Heroes, and unfortunately, they were basically Marvel spinoffs. And, you know, it just didn't work. New characters, they have to hit it hard. Miles, the only reason why Miles worked is because he was a Spider-Man. The only reason why, uh, I can't remember his name, but the Black Superman happened because he was Superman. You know? So... It would only work if it was Batman. So that is why it's such a big thing when it comes to these people of color as far as the uh, going into uh, new characters and things like that. They have to be attached to a bigger name. Yeah. And again, this has nothing to do with the race. It's, it's, it's kind of sad that we would have to preface it that so much. We don't care if Batman's going to be black. What we're worried about and what I'm worried about is when you're going to change somebody like Batman, like I've said this a million times, probably the most iconic character in the world, if you're going to change him to a person of color, that the story has to be amazing. I'm talking about like one of the best Batman stories you've ever read, because if not, everybody else is just going to see, and I hate this word, that it's just a token character. Yeah. And that is the one thing you don't want if you are putting a person of color in the bat suit. And uh, and it's and the biggest thing from this article too that we haven't even talked about is they said that it's not going to be Duke. Is this Thomas? Yeah, Duke, Duke Thomas, Thomas. Who is? Well, I was going to. Who is one of the Robins? Yeah. Or was? Yeah, he was brought into the New Fifty Two, uh, and we actually followed Duke's story basically whenever he was a little kid, uh, in uh, the very beginning of New Fifty Two. So he's literally grown up in the span of five years for us. Yeah, with Batman. With Batman. He's had so many encounters. Like, he has this big, like, just family feel. With and Batman's basically like his dad now. Yeah. And, you know, we know Batman is, or Bruce Wayne is very, like, he has a bunch of adopted kids. They all consider him his father, uh, their father. And Duke Thomas just seems like the most natural fit. Now, granted, he's probably – is he a teenager or is he an early – he's got to be a teenager, right? I would say like he – Maybe but like 18 or something? I would say at this point he's about 16 to 18 years old. Um, but I do want to make one point uh, out of this entire conversation that Bleeding Cool does make a really good point of. Everybody has seen the MCU. Every, like majority of the people that are listening to the podcast has gone to see a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. In the comics, Nick Fury is black. But guess what? Before the Ultimate Comics, before like Marvel's Ultimate Comics, Nick Fury was white. He also had a TV show played by freaking David Hasselhoff. That was Nick Fury. And they basically did away with that character whatsoever and just stuck with this Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. And that's what the character was based off of. The character was based off Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, 
And so that's why they had him play it when Iron Man 1 came out. That's the conversation me and Juice are having today, whether it should be replaced by somebody completely different, or are they in fact going to change Bruce Wayne entirely as far as ethnicity? And in the articles, they're they're saying it's going to be somebody new. They're not going to make yeah. Bruce Wayne's yeah. ethnicity change. Well, so, yeah, definitely know that, if what we're talking about. They're not going to just make Bruce Wayne black. That's not the case here. Yeah. It's going to be, he's going to be replaced by a new character. My biggest thing, and I've talked about this many a times, is when you're going to, when there's going to be a new Batman crowned, it should be somebody in the Bat family. You can't just have some rando come out of nowhere and be Batman because the Bat family is not going to allow that. They're going to be just like, yo, 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 what? Like, because everybody's automatically going to be like, Dick Grayson is next in line. That's what everybody's going to say. Yes. And so, and but right now, it would be the perfect time to, I guess, bypass that question because he's not Dick Grayson, unfortunately. <sighs> so if I'm really, really hoping this isn't the case, if Dick Grayson is not going to be the next Batman, because of the whole Rick storyline, that means we're going to have Rick Grayson for another two years. Don't. Which is going to be so do, terrible. Do not wish that into existence. Do not. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the only way I can think of this happening because what is he going to do? Like, I don't want to be Batman. He did it in Tom King's run. Like, I mean, he's always, he feels like he's the next in line. And I feel like Damien, even Damien would be like, no, 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 I'm Batman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's that arrogant to be like, nobody else can be Batman. I'm a Batman. And so, like, I just don't see what they're going to do here. And if it was going to, like, we got to change it to a person of color, then Duke, I feel like, would be the next best person. But from what we're reading in articles and what people are saying is it's probably going to be Batwing or an old character called, what is it, Blackwing? Which is very different. Just seems very, what, like, of that era to name it that i i never read anything about that character neither have i i don't remember much about blackwing but people have also suggested that somehow out of batman and the outsiders black lightning would become batman no which which i would for one i don't think the creator of black lightning would appreciate that whatsoever he hates that run yes he hates the run right now but I really don't think Brian Edward Hill would like it either. Yeah, I know he no. I know he's a big voice in writing the Titans TV show right now, which is, you know, featuring Batman. But I think he wants to write I mean, I think everybody wants to write Batman, but I think he just wants to write Black Lightning. So if you're gonna make Black Lightning Batman, just keep him as Black Lightning, but keep him in Gotham. That's how you do that. Don't turn him into Batman just for the sake of saying, oh, I get to be Batman. Yeah, and one of the biggest things that people are saying about that, they're like, you're just taking away one black character to make another. Like, and there's a terrible thing of that in Hollywood. It was a big running joke, which unfortunately, you know, it was just this joke on The Walking Dead. Every time they got a new black character on that show, they killed the other one. Yeah. And it's it's terrible. You can literally go back and watch The Walking Dead when every time they got another person of color, they killed one of the other ones. And so you would be doing that here because Black Lightning is one of the most iconic, you know, black characters in D.C. Arguably only one of the ones right now, to be honest. Right now, yes. They don't have a lot of black Because characters. they haven't reintroduced Static Shock and a lot of the, what is it? I forgot the, the, the label of those characters. There's like a certain label 
And I, for, yeah, I forgot yeah. what it's called. It, they, there's a certain like rights thing going yeah. on with those characters. They were supposed yeah. to be announced that, like like at the end of 2018 going into th- 2019, but that never happened, and we're already almost out of 2019. So yeah, it's there's for those of you that are always wondering like we should get Static Shock. There is like a big rights thing with the creator. He's you know, and it, arguably he's you know trying to control his stuff, which is you know very admirable about him because he doesn't want it to be used in a wrong way. But uh, unfortunately, it's a big rights battle between DC and that person, so they can't just use Static the way they would want to. Because I think he would be in like Teen Titans or something. Oh yeah, I think they'd use the hell out of him. I, I, for the longest time, a lot of people didn't like the new Fifty Two Static Shock. I actually enjoyed it. it; had awesome art. The story was, you know, compelling and could end up being greater if they really tried to. But they cut it off at the knees. Um, I think it ended on issue like six or seven, unfortunately. But uh, I would really love to see him come back to the actual Titans, not necessarily Teen Titans. Come back to the, bring back the Titans because that title went completely into left field and out of nowhere, unfortunately. But that was a character that was very prominent back in the day, which is non-existent now. Um, but with these characters, you know, going into the mantle of Batman, um, it's a very odd thing for them to pick a character that is already existing and that is what is pushing me to believe that it is going to be bendis writing this book because he loves to make his own characters so if he is i'm gonna hate that he's gonna bring in a new character and we talked about this before and i joked about it uh he's gonna randomly be wearing a bat suit in gotham and freaking damien and batgirl and red hood are all gonna join you know gang up on him and they're gonna be like who are you and he's gonna be I'm Batman. Oh, and they're God. and they're going to be like, "No, no joking around. Who are you?" And he's going to be like, "I'm Batman." Because it's Bendis and he's going to keep saying it until it's basically beating a dead horse. And then he's finally going to be like, "Oh, well, in reality, my name is this. Is that okay for me to say that? I'm supposed to keep my secret identity." Oh my god, I'm 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 literally turning yeah. into Bendis. Yeah. So, okay, so let's let's try to get back on track cuz I do before the end of this podcast, I want to talk about how we think this could work and like how would be the best way to handle the situation. But before we do the positive part, I do want to talk about why we have this big issue. Clay has a way bigger issue with Brian <laughs> Michael Bendis than I do. But because uh, I've, I've met him personally, he gave me some writing advice. In person, the dude is awesome. And I think even if Clay met him in person, I think they could have an awesome conversation because he's a really nice guy. I know how you feel, but trust me, he's a really nice guy. And uh, he's really cool, and he's very supportive, and uh, he gave me some advice about writing, which I really enjoyed. Um, before, unfortunately, this was before I started reading a lot of his DC stuff. I've read his stuff about Mar- in Marvel in the past, and I enjoyed it. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to go back and vi- revisit it, because I might <laughs> be like, oh. So I'm just going to say I enjoyed his Marvel stuff. His DC stuff, I was actually on Clay's podcast that he co-hosts with the Comic Book Legion, and we talked about how we were covering Superman, which I had stopped reading for six issues. Action comics. I had not read anything. Action comics. I had not read this. I either The same Superman. I hadn't read that either. Yeah. But uh, for Action Comics, which was the specific one, I hadn't read it for six issues, which is six months, right? Yeah. Because it's monthly. So I hadn't read this comic for six months. When I read that issue, it felt like nothing had changed. It felt like it was literally the comic that I had left off on, and it blew my mind. And Clay was like, yeah, nothing's happened in six months. And being a huge Batman fan, that 
I don't know if I, I don't think I'll buy this book. I honestly don't think I'll buy this book. So here's here's the reason why some people would even argue against you as of why that's such good writing. A lot of people believe that the key to writing comics is to believe that every writer, every person who buys the book is a new reader. So you so you have to basically reestablish every single thing that's going on in your story like throughout half the book and then maybe add one or two things at the very end. And that's a horrible way of doing things. Because if I would tell those people they don't know how to write. Because it frustrates us, the people who have been reading the book for so long, that we actually want a story. And then most writers like will actually start to hear the feedback and get the backlash. And they're like, oh crap, I have to finish everything in this next issue. And then it's all convoluted and it's like rushed and it just it's just a bad story. One of the one big thing I wanna say is I loved Ultimate Spider-Man back in the day, 2001, 2002, like that is the Spider-Man that was my Spider-Man. That was Brian Michael Bendis. Like you said, I don't want to go back to try to read it because I'm afraid that I'm going to dislike it. But when looking at his DC work, like you have said, and like what I've said, when you read his dialogue, this man has to be getting paid by the letter, not not by the word. He gets paid by the letter because he has every character stuttering, every character repeating like the same word two or three times before they get to the next, and even the next word is stuttered. And it's just super frustrating because a lot of these characters that are supposed to be, you know, DC giants and, you know, confident heroes and characters, they're like fumbling idiots all over the place and it's just not who these characters are and that's why i I get so frustrated yeah and i will say that i haven't read i've read like issue one of batman universe and i was trying to read it again because apparently there's some new tech that i thought was pretty interesting but i read the first few pages of leviathan and i he but brendis just he scares me when he writes batman because one well he scares me when he writes a lot of dc characters because I feel like he's trying to write the Marvel way in DC, and he doesn't care about these characters' personalities. And he just gives everybody the same kind of personality. And Batman, he makes him so talkative when he's not a talkative character. He's so, like, stoic, and he's so, like, he just tells you what needs to happen, and that's it. What you need to do is you need to get a Golden Age and Silver Age omnibus and read it. That is Bendis writing right now. Bendis yeah, is the, right. Bendis wants to write the smiley Batman that's, like, slipping on banana peels and, like, you know, joyous. He wants to write Batman 66 in current continuity. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. No. Oh my God. See, and so that that what's that's what really annoys me as a fan, as somebody that's been reading since Snyder's run. Like that's when I started buying comics. So I've been reading for what eight years now or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a, yeah, it's been a really long time. And it's okay if you like certain people's writings. I'm not a big fan of Batman. Like it was okay in the '60s and in the '70s and all that time. But now we have a solidified Batman to where his personality is this way. And I will say it's not just Bendis. That last, I read Justice League 31, and when they had Batman do that, like, oh, if I was fighting, I'd be so much cooler. I was like, that's not Batman. See, and, Batman doesn't gloat about stuff. And I will say, there is a lot of people that just write Batman weird. And, you know, I'm staring at this Bleeding Cool article, and it shows Batman and the Outsiders. Brian Edward Hill 
for some reason, wrote Bruce Wayne as a complete dick in his book. <laughs> so yeah. everybody kind of has their spin on who Bat- Batman who on who Bruce should be on and on who Batman should be, and we know as readers, as people who have been consuming batman for so many years whether it be cartoons freaking movies animated movies comics video games whatever there is a for sure solidified idea of who batman is and that's who i always think should be batman and if you need just any reference for what the perfect batman is go watch batman the animated series yes that is the perfect Batman. And when you read Batman comics, you should be hearing Kevin Conroy's voice. When you hear the Joker talking, you should be hearing Mark Hamill's voice. And he's the best Joker out there. I don't care what anybody says. Mark <laughs> Hamill is the best Joker. Don't care about you Ledger fans or anybody else. Don't care. He's the greatest. But anyways, so yeah, so that those are our biggest fears with this, okay? And one, again, I feel like this move is just being done because it's what Bendis does. And maybe, you know what? I'm going to throw this question out there because I don't want to be, you know, the negative person the whole time with this. But does it change if it's not Bendis writing? Does your thought process change on this? On whether he, like, this dramatic change in his character? Or, like, what do you mean? Like, okay, so what I mean is if we're still going to do this Black Batman thing, right? Okay. And it's going to be, like, the biggest thing is happening no matter what. But we find out that Bendis isn't writing this. Like, and it's just going to be something, somebody random is going to be writing this. Then I will be interested in the character. Let me say that because a big argument that I've been seeing is that this big generational change that King is talking about is that King is going to write him into the comics and then somebody else will take the mantle and make, actually make his story. You know, with the whole thing with King, it's not in King's wheelhouse from what he's been doing with this entire story to kind of just throw that in there i feel like that would be just a really weird cherry on top for you know king to write that yeah so what's supposed to be happening and king has mentioned this and i I was going to do a video on this whole thing and which i might just make it like the podcast stuff but i don't really know because it's kind of long now but uh so king has said that this this big thing that's supposed to be happening in batman 100 is going to be coming at the tail end of Batcat, is where we'll find out where this happens. So, yeah, I don't think King has had a black character in his run that was very, like, significant in any roles. Now, one one thing I did read, and I don't know if you told me or if I read it in this article, it might have been this other Bleeding Cool article I read, it might be the guy that never gets to see his wife that fights in that realm with Wonder Woman. It could be that guy. And that might be pretty interesting. I if that guy became Batman. That would kind of be... Oh, that's weird. That's weird. See, yeah. now, if you put that spin on it, that would be basically Batman saying, hey, I'm giving this to you, but in order for you to do this, you have to be Batman. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting take. And so then we get to hear a little bit more of his backstory on what happened in that realm. And things like that. That would be that would be an interesting change. Um, I don't think a whole lot of people would like it, just because unfortunately a lot of people don't like King's Run, and so they just hate whatever ideas he has. Unfortunately, but I would be interested in it. You know, to, with your with your comment about how you know if it was you know somebody else writing and things like that. Like I said in the very beginning of this conversation, 
because it's Bendis, in my mind, I'm not interested because I feel like this is just something that he's just regurgitated with other characters with a lot of his writing, a.k.a. Miles Morales, Naomi, you know, whatever big character he's written in Marvel and in his original comics as well. It's just his thing, like the way Tom King's writing can be very depressing. Exactly, or, exactly. Um, like, uh, Snyder has a lot of, like, uh, what is his, like, setup or, di- uh, like, what is he, like, he explains a lot of stuff yeah. in his blah, blah, Every writer has something they do in every one of their issues. Um, so, yeah, so for those of you, I know some of you guys are probably confused because you don't read King's Run or you don't read the comic books. Uh, but what we're talking about is this black character that could show up was there was this two-part issue with Wonder Woman and Batman, and there's this realm where it's like outside of the universe or something like that, where there's these monsters that constantly are trying to break into like our universe, and there's this one guy that is constantly fighting them for forever. Like he's just con- that's all he does. That's all his job is. And he's called like the Guardian, or he's called something. I forgot his name, but. This character, every once in a while, he actually lives in Gotham, and he has a wife, and he comes home every once in a while, or he wants to come home every once in a while to actually just see his wife. Now, the thing is, in this comic book, uh, Wonder Woman and Batman spend 10 years in this realm, but it's only, like, what, an hour or 24 hours? Yes, so the the time difference is dramatic. It's actually issues 39 and 40 in Mm -hmm. Tom King's run. Um, uh, it was actually a King and, uh, Joel Jones, uh, yeah. what's the word? Collaborate. Collaboration. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just like you said in the actual real world, and I know that's weird to say because it's comics, but in the real world, a very limited time has passed while, uh, and I think it's actually hours because he only gets to spend, he only gets to spend a couple hours with his wife. While Batman and Wonder Woman spend like decades and like a freaking millennium in there or whatever, but they don't age. It's actually really cool. And then Tom King kind of hints at or kind of plays with the fanfic of Wonder Bat. Wonder Woman and Batman. Yeah, Wonder Bat, what they called it in the. uh, I loved it. I loved it. In the actual, uh, what was it, the animated series that they kind of played around with that. One thing that we haven't really talked about with this whole uh, Black Batman was uh, you said earlier when before we started recording is that Bleeding Cool had a little bit more information, uh, had another article out, and it was titled, Could This Be Your New Batman, Luke Fox, and the Death of Bruce Wayne? We had this conversation off the air uh, kind of bring wanting to bring it to you guys as well is that unfortunately if the death of Bruce Wayne is coming around this is something that we've seen before yeah it's just regurgitated storylines in the very ending of Snyder's run the end game between Joker and Batman they quote-unquote died and everybody thought they were dead and uh, Jim Gordon became Batman for a short time and I feel like Snyder was a little bit rushed on that storyline because they wanted to do Rebirth. So I feel like that whole story was kind of convoluted and, and rushed. That's exactly what's happening here if this is the truth. If this is something that's legitimately going to happen at the end of City of Bane or whatever, everybody's going to think that Batman is dead and Batcat happens, whether that be 
you know, on the other end of the world or whatever, and this new Batman comes around, it's something we have already seen before. Yeah, and it happened in Morrison's run too. I mean, he got hit by Darkseid and he got sent back in time. And we had a different Batman at that point, so the world has thought Bruce Wayne's dead. At some point, the world's going to be like, hey man, this guy Bruce Wayne dies a lot. Like, he's got to be something going on with him. He's Batman. You know what I mean? But, like, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's the same old storyline, in my opinion. And again, if it's going to be Luke Fox, which makes sense because, you know, Bruce is so close with Lucius. You know, Batwing was in Detective Comics. He's not in anything right now, from my knowledge, uh, because I've been reading Detective Comics. But uh, he was a big player in Tinian's run for that, and he's just been, you know, AFK since. And Batwing in New 52 had his own comic, so... Yeah, yeah, and apparently in the Bleeding Cool article, you can find it for $18 on eBay because it's skyrocketed, apparently, with this news coming out. So people are trying to buy that up. But at the same time, like, Luke Fox would be cool, but you're going to introduce him, what, in six issues? Because we're going back to monthly so everything that's gonna happen because king's from from what i understand king's run they're already writing batcat so city of bane's done so unless luke fox comes in to save the day somehow and they introduce him in city of bane then this is starting january 1st with this new bat not necessarily because if the news is that this character isn't introduced until batman 100 the writer has Mm -hmm. a full year uh, More than a full year. I don't know. Because when is... That's just weird. Tom King is supposed to end on what? 85? He ends... His Batman runs on 85. Okay, yes. okay. So... Bad Cat for a So year. 85, and that is going to be the end of December. So we have a whole nother 12 months. That gets you 95, 96. That gets you 97. That gives you a whole extra three months to prepare for the introduction. That gives you 15 months. Or, or no, no, no. Sorry. Is that math correct? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But they say it's going to start in the summer of 2020 is when this starts. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going in from 2020 to 2021. Well, and they so. said the – there's the – I believe – I need to open it up again. But the article says that it's the announcement is coming 2020 going into 2021. Like, because we all hear and we all know how these things roll. They come in at San Diego Comic-Con and they say, hey – this is what's going to happen the rest of the year, and this is what's going to happen in the beginning of the new year. That's how they roll with Comic-Con. So, in 2020, San Diego Comic-Con, they're going to say, hey, this is what's going to happen at the end of the year, and this is what we're going to start with in 2021. And I think that's what the announcement will be. So It's possible. I will say that uh, if you are excited about this, and you know, you're really like, I'm for it, it's something new, that's awesome. Like I said, we're more about story. Again, we don't give a shit about the race of it. We care about how it happens. That is just, I want to clarify that one more time. Uh, because I think, I don't know. So how would you do this? I mean, personally, I'm cool with that guy from the other realm coming out. Because in those two issues, they say like, you know, Wonder Woman says, what should I tell him if he calls again? Because eventually, Catwoman's with him pretty much the whole time he's with his wife or she's watching him because she wants Bruce back. Like, they've already been proposed to each other at this point. And uh, he's like, you better go back because he's with Wonder Woman for 10 years. Catwoman knows Wonder Woman's sexy. She doesn't want freaking Bruce to be with another <laughs> woman for 10 years. So, uh, you know, they come back and Wonder Woman's like, what should I do if he calls again? And Catwoman's like, next time tell him his wife will be along with him. 
And so Catwoman and Batman could be in this other realm if they wanted to do that. So if you wanted to do something different where Bruce is still saving the day and you could do like, you know, you can cut to him every other comic or something to see what he's fighting or whatever. Well, not only you that, that you, I'd be cool with that story. You can kind of build inside of that realm. Are there cities in there? Are there, yeah. you know, things like that? I, that would be interesting. I don't think I would like to see too much of Bruce because then I would just want Bruce back. So I think like maybe a mini series, you know, of like, hey, you know, this is what Bruce has been up to. So you're like, okay, you know, eventually he's going to come back. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. But you never really like have that longing for him because you constantly see him. But let's say that it's not him. Let's say it's a new character. This new character needs to be introduced at least in the most subtlest of ways now that we know what's going on at the beginning of next year and he needs to somehow like i said subtly and not coincidentally find himself working with either jim gordon batman freaking the bat family bruce wayne himself something to where he gets into this line of work it needs to be a gradual thing I don't want to freaking see this random character in a stitched up Batman suit just coming in to try to save the day randomly since we haven't seen Batman anymore or whatever. Whatever they're planning on doing to the Batman character. Him randomly coming in and being like, hey, I'm the new Batman. Cool. See you guys later. And then, you know, do whatever. It. Like, it needs to be organic. That's all I'm saying. It needs to be organic. It doesn't... Because, like we said, the token character, we don't want that. We don't want somebody who is shoehorned in just to be in there. If there's going to be this character, I want to love him as much as I love the Superman in, in Earth 2. As much as I love Miles Morales... It needs to be that kind of character, and those characters were organic. They had a reason. That's what I want. Yeah, my biggest thing is you can't do Black Lightning because I don't want a Batman with powers. I don't want that. That's the reason why Batman's awesome is because he's a human dude. He doesn't have powers. That's what's great. I don't see how you do Luke Fox without being, that's just Iron Man Batman because he's all about tech. That's what he's always been compared to. He's just Iron Man Batman. Yeah. And how is he going to get away from that? You're going to just take away his smarts, and he's not going to use these tech ones? He's just going to start wearing a regular suit like Batman does? And I don't know if I want a, Like, every time I see Batman get in a mech suit, I think it's amazing. But if he always had a mech suit, I'm like, Meh. Like, I wouldn't really care anymore. Um, so, I don't know. So, I don't really know where it's going. My biggest thing is, again, I want just a solid story on how this is going to happen. The one question, and we'll go, we're going to start winding this down here, um... I want to. This is and this is a question I asked you, and I think this is just a bigger question, I guess, for society. And my thing is, the one thing I hate when it comes to these whole like let's change, let's change the race, let's do this, let's make a new character. Why do we live in a world of just two colors of black and white? Yeah. Like, why is it that every time we change a white character, it's only to be a black character? And I mean, we have like we we talked about it before. They gave us an Asian Superman. Which was pretty awesome. He was uh, he protected China and stuff like that. Kong Keenan, that he was, was really so good. awesome. He was so cool. So they have that. You know, we we can't get like a Latino in here. We can't get you know an Indian. Like why? I just always hate that we live in a black and white world when it comes to these diversity issues. Like they automatically think 
that, you know, it's like, oh, to make it diverse, just make them black. And it's like, there's so many other freaking ethnicities out there, races and everything like that. And that's just what, what always annoys me the most with these kind of things is they never think outside the box. They always think like, let's just like, oh, let's go to there. Like they have the most issues. So let's just make every character black. And I know that sounds like, oh, you're just being like petty or whatever. It's like, no, it's like if we're talking about diversity, then name me some freaking Latino superheroes. Name me some Asian superheroes I can that are getting I can, the spotlight I, like Batman. I can only name two Latino characters in the DC universe. That being Jaime Reyes, who you don't see anymore, and Kyle Rayner, who has just been pushed in the background because he's not in a main character book right now. Yeah, boom. Those are the two probably most like famous Latinos, which is crazy. And then what? Like I said, I can't even think of an Asian one. Uh, what's her name? Katana. Katana. Cassandra. Uh, uh, there was uh, uh, what is her name? Avery. She is the new Flash of China. Uh, she oh, okay. she she was a part of Kong Keenan's Superman and yeah. the Justice League of but China. But then again, that that series doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. I so I think they're, they're there. I think well she has made a couple appearances in the Flash comic so I think they're going to be oh, putting okay. her more in there uh which I will say I'm glad Joshua Williamson is doing that with the character because those characters should not be put to waste in the middle of nowhere uh uh Snyder put Con Kingdon randomly in the uh what was the Aquaman event that that, that happened right before the movie uh Drowned uh, Earth. See something? Yeah, Drowned, Drowned Earth. Earth. You saw Kong Keenan helping Supergirl in The Flash uh, in a small panel. But though that's just it. They just like, oh, we're going to make sure that we put this person in a panel so at least somebody can notice him. And they they do – we do need more representation. We definitely do. with yeah, 100%. Through every ethnicity. Um, as far as uh, Indian uh, or – uh, any other ethnicity, I know the really big one that kind of changed and was radically, uh, not necessarily changed, it was a new character, but was a very crazy origin, was Simon Baz. He literally, his, his origin was the fact that people thought he was a terrorist. And that, I I remember that origin. I was like, they did what? Like, that was kind of like scary news to kind of put that in there. And then make him into a hero. And then I learned like the actual truth of what was going on in the situation. I was like, oh, that's kind of baller for, you know, um, oh, God. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Just, I started to cut you off. But, I mean, you're talking about Baz. So that brings in Jessica Cruz, who was the other Latino, yeah. who just got killed. Ugh. So, like, you know what? We can't even we can't even keep our Latino heroes. The good ones we got, they kill them. And that's what I'm talking about. Because Blue Beetle, uh, Jaime Reyes, had his own book twice in the new 52 and in rebirth and they were both canceled and that's another thing that's another thing in order to keep these characters alive and to keep them relevant people need to buy these books i try to buy as many books as i can especially with jaime reyes because he is one of the only small representation of my ethnicity so i tried you know to do but not only one person can do that people need to actually go out and do this and I'm sorry to throw this in there, a small little comment about why Bendis is going to be the, the writer. I'm pretty sure we talked about this before during Comic Book Legion. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, but for sure. or, or even if it was on air. But, oh, because you, you said in my uh, podcast that my theory was that DC was going to bring Bendis to Batman 
to show because Batman sells no matter who's on it, to be completely honest. It'll have big numbers, but the numbers will drop depending on if the story is good. If they bring Bendis on to the Batman book, it's going to look like he's selling more books than Superman automatically. And so that's going to look good for Bendis and for business with DC. Now, also adding a new character like that, a black Batman, that's going to bring new readers. That's going to bring a whole new wave to the Batman character that's going to bring sales up. And that's going to make Bendis look even better on that book. And not saying that he's only doing it to, you know, better himself in the industry. I can't say that because I am not Bendis. But it does help his position. And unfortunately, the thing is, if this is one of those moves to just sell books, this, that means this Batman is not going to last long. Nope. He will have a year tops. Because Gordon was what? Like a year, maybe? Um, he had like eight issues, maybe less than a year. Gordon, I believe, was two. Ar- no, it was only one arc. It was only. Yeah. So it was one arc. It was that- four to six issues, something like yeah. that. Yeah. But with that, you still had Bruce Wayne there. So Bruce Wayne was carrying the story. And I don't even think we mentioned this, but from the Bleeding Cool article, it, the newer one they posted today, the apparently the world will think Bruce Wayne is dead. Or and so he'll be training this new Batman is what they're kind of thinking. It might be like a Batman Beyond kind of thing where he's training the new Batman. So maybe at the end of King's Run, Batman doesn't want to be Batman anymore and he just wants to live with Catwoman or something like that. But he knows Gotham needs a Batman, which again, that whole storyline is really weird for me that he would bypass his own children that he's had forever. Yeah. Like and he's been training them forever. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to get this new guy. So that's why my biggest thing, you know, wrapping up this podcast is that has to be, this is going to have to be a big, huge story to where there is a significant reason why this person who, you know, is going to be this new black Batman is taking over the mantle over every other. I give Batgirl the freaking thing, you know, like she's the, the smartest one out of all of them. And it's just like, shit, I'd rather do that instead. Like, I just don't understand how they're going to do this with, like, if it's a new character. Because it makes no sense. Yeah. You're going to just get rid of all of that family for no reason? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just a weird topic. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just hope they do it right. Gordon first came into the Batsuit at issue 41 of Snyder's run. And by issue 50, Bruce Wayne was back. And so... Yeah, so nine issues. And Bruce Wayne had About a year. Bruce Wayne had Almost. 50, 51, and 52. So mm-hmm. technically, he only had one, two, three, yeah, nine issues. Nine, nine, months. nine months as Batman. So not even a full year. Uh, so whatever the story is, it needs to be good. It needs to be relevant. It needs to not just be because. And he needs to be an important character. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make this podcast mainly about this. Because, again, if you've never heard me before, if you've never watched any of my YouTube channels, I'm a big person on diversity. Like I said, I'm a Latino, and I don't ever see myself on the big screen much, or I don't see myself still waiting on you, MCU. Just throwing that out there. Still, Selma Hayek ain't going to cut it. Uh, so, although she's one of our greatest. <laughs> but, you know, like, I'm just a big person on diversity. And I'm cool with this move. But I don't want this character to be forgotten. 
Because I feel like a lot of people, they're just going to be those people that think that way. They're like, oh, this is just to sell comics. This is just to push an agenda. And the only way you shut those people up is with good storytelling. And if this doesn't have a knockout story, this is going to be a failure. And this Batman will be snapped back to Bruce Wayne in a heartbeat. Because we've seen it. They'll push back comics two months or three months if they need to to rewrite them and to just make this new story because they're like, we're not selling enough, so we're going to go ahead and push this back. And uh, I don't know. So we'll, we'll go ahead and see that. You know, it's going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure once the solicits start coming out for the January stuff, we'll find out who the new writer is. If it's Brian Michael Bendis, we can almost guarantee that this is going to happen. If it's not Bendis, then I'm curious. Then I'll be extremely but curious. But see, I also want to question whether they will attach a writer in the solicits and they won't wait until the actual comic comes out. That will be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just feel like they would just promote that. Unless Bendis is doing... Are his numbers still falling? I would assume his numbers are still falling yeah. on Superman. Yeah, they are still very so, low. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, uh, peeps. But that's going to be it. I want to go ahead and thank Clay for being here, having this awesome discussion with this, because I think these having another perspective on these kind of things is always refreshing. Clay, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, of course. Uh, don't use Facebook all that much anymore. Uh, thank God. But uh, you can find me on Twitter, which I know Juice isn't on anymore. But uh, You can still find me, but I'm not there. <laughs> uh, you can find me at FanboyClay on Twitter, as well as my two shows that I have, at Fanboy Comics Pod, which I need to get Juice on. Uh, he's going to help me revamp it. To uh, I'm actually going to put that show on Anchor. I've already announced it on Comic Book Legion, uh, which is where you can also find me, uh, at CB underscore Legion. That is the podcast that me and Mark Fossis uh, host. Uh, really cool stuff. We talk about DC every single week. We're going to be recording tomorrow about the week, about this week's books that are coming out tomorrow as well. Um, going to be awesome stuff. Um, he is also hosting a comic book Legion fantasy football uh, podcast uh, with. Did they start a league? Uh, yes. Man, he should have invited me. I'm a huge football person. I I know. thought about letting you know. But it was kind of all over the place, and because of like the hours that we work, it was kind of weird. So, yeah. But those are the places you can find me. You can also find me on Instagram. I'm doing uh, some more spray painting. I'm trying to get more into that uh, at the end of this year. You know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but at at Fanboy Clay again on Instagram. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. And he was talking about that they are they will be covering the books this week. The reason why you didn't get any comic talk on this Batman News Weekly is they push back Batman. They, there's no new Batman 78 coming out. I would have opened this podcast with that because we know the last issue, Alfred died. So I'm definitely waiting for the next issue. They've I've seen images from the next issue. It looks gorgeous because it's being drawn by Clay Mann. Uh, so I, I'm excited to read it, but apparently they pushed it back because it needs to fit into this window of ending at the end of the year. So I think they had to throw it off a month or a week or so to make it like sync up or whatever. So that's it. So the next podcast will more than likely have Batman 78 talk. So we'll do that. But as for me, you can find me on, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you find me on Anchor. You can find me on Spotify. I'm hoping with this podcast we will be on Apple 
following this. I know everybody keeps asking me, are you going to be on Apple Podcasts? I'm trying. Apparently, Apple needs at least three podcasts to even think about considering you. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping to get on there soon so more people can start listening to the podcast. You can find me on Instagram with a bunch of different things, but just find me on Bat from the Box or Juice from the Box on Instagram. Those are my main ones. If you want to check me out on YouTube, I just started a React channel. Been putting out videos every other day or so. Uh, it's called Juice Reacts. Or you can go to my main YouTube channel, Bat from the Box, where I'll be dropping a bunch of Batman stuff here and there over time. But that is it, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to say thank you for listening. This was a long podcast, but hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. As always, I'm your host, Juice Wayne. Remember, when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something. Buy my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.